0: It's 49ers Cutback Podcast Time and welcome to the eve of 49ers versus Philly. This is gonna be exciting.
1: Just get here already. I can't wait no more. And I want this game to happen. I want this, I want my questions answered. Is this team okay? Should we be panicking? All of these things are gonna get answered this weekend on Sunday. Lots of questions, lots I can of things feel the to tension. You you really, really can. And it's almost like we got this, another segment coming up later today in a little bit, right? And it's just the tension, not even tension, but just the, the anticipation for this game is just seeping through into this episode. It's, it's, tra- it's traveling back in time, <laughs> right? Before it's even occurred to influence this segment yeah. here, which is, it's A-OK, it's fine. Uh, but make sure you hit that like button, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. You don't want to miss the reaction show as soon as the week two game ends. Are we you know, in shambles? Am I in tears? Are we ex- exuberant and jumping for joy? Is my shirt still on? We will have to find out
0: is ant still the same as he always is cool calm collected um how exciting <laughs> they call me mr excitement oh, don't. um no i can get i can get worked up every once in a while uh it's it's occasional it's it's actually sometimes concerning uh
1: yeah it, it is it could get delirious delirious hand is still my favorite Aunt. and you luckily cut back crew you haven't got to you haven't mm. had to witness that yet so yeah. close a couple times though Ian.
0: yeah you know what and alex we have a lot of that's building into this game okay. um and we have kind of the the demons that we need to exercise from last year losing that big game you know with mullins at quarterback it kind of was the spark of the season really starting to go on a downward spiral and i think i really want them to win this game to kind of exercise those demons and move on even though i know it's a new year it's a new game it's a new season new um, team for a fan perspective it is it is similar right it's This time, you just want to get it done. And they're a a very formidable foe. The defense and offensive line for them, very successful. It's going to be a battle in the trenches. Um, And hopefully we're gonna have the full trenches available
1: for the 49ers. Absolutely, and and this is the first thing we gotta get into, right? Is these status updates? Where are these guys at? Who's trending towards what? You know, are we gonna get Kinlaw back? All of these things. Uh, Obviously, Greenlaw out. He's gonna be out for some time now, Uh, but you- Shannon said four to six weeks, so that's closer to what Lombardi was saying. Lombardi did say that, and remember, I did bring up the study and and pulled up, and during our live stream where we talked about it, three to 12 is the timetable for athletes. So there is always a possibility that if everything goes perfect, Greenlaw could be back in three weeks which would be nuts. It would be absolutely nuts if we can get him back before we get into the bye against an NFC West opponent. That would be great. Hello, Um, Colts. Exactly, exactly. Uh, But you got him trending, obviously, that direction. You have Javon Kinlaw, who's trending towards questionable. So trending more towards playing than anything else, as well as Armstead. Both of them get in some practice as well the last few days. And then Emmanuel Mosley trending towards being doubtful not not great not going the way you want he was out running the other day at practice he was out running some sprints so that is a good thing um but he wasn't really getting in a limited practice not really doing much else other than some sprints so you're not comfortable with him changing direct directions stopping and going and things of that nature but at least he is moving forward
0: yeah normally the injury status updates give you an idea of where these guys are sitting If a players listed as questionable they're more likely to play if they're listed as doubtful they're probably not going to play there is the occasion where someone's doubtful They wake up, they feel good on Sunday, and they go play. I'm not expecting that here because you want to have that game plan in. So I think we're going to be playing without Emmanuel Mosley again, which is unfortunate. So we're going to have Diameter Lenore going out there again for a second start. Um, He's perfectly capable of handling it. He's proven so. He's going to get tested by these quick receivers. The question is still who's going to play on the other side. There isn't a definitive answer yet. Um, I think that you would think it would be uh, Josh Norman, um I, I would
1: argue I would argue it's Josh Norman. Yeah. Um I, I would say that don't I wouldn't be shocked if you see a little bit of Drake Kirkpatrick in there. And maybe Dante Johnson at times. Dante Johnson at times makes sense, especially if it's a, a matchup that they feel comfortable with.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for not the Dante Johnson. I'm hoping Same. for the other two because I think I have more confidence in what they can do um as veteran rece- or veteran corners in this league. They understand how to run zone concepts and stuff, and going against younger receivers. You have Norman and Kirkpatrick that are both very good tacklers. They like to run a lot of these quick screens, the rocket screens, as they were calling them. I call them smoke screens a lot of the time. Um, but just tackling these guys out in, out in space, that's an area Norman and Kirkpatrick can definitely help your team. Demo, very physical as well. And they're going to have to be. But I think that th- that was a, a little bit of sign. And we're kind of getting now a glimpse of what this 49ers defense is going to be constituted um, at the secondary you know, area in the corner area. And also with the defensive line, but we still don't know about the linebacker spot. We know Aziz is going to get all the snaps that Dre Greenlaw was getting, but who is going to be that third guy? And ultimately, Alex, who's going to be the 53rd man on this roster? Um, It's still up in the air. Uh,
1: Yeah, and and this is why I think this is a perfect segue into what we want to talk about with this game plan, but let's start with the 53rd man and this linebacking core because it would only make sense right now that it's Nathan Jerry. That's the only name that I could see them activating and bringing up from the practice squad um that they would feel comfortable with this is a guy who we originally had as a guy that could be in the starting room um we talked about this at the beginning of the year could this be the third linebacker next to fred warner and dre greenlaw um you know we'd watched a lot of tape we felt pretty comfortable with nathan jerry and what he could do it, it kind of seemed like it would be a fit if he could be that third guy and if he was above right aziz al shair well he ended up not being healthy he ended up not being able to stay on the field and do the things that i just needed to and so they moved on um looks like he's healthy now they brought him back in if they activate him, if this guy's playing up to that level all right well maybe we're not as lower on the totem pole in terms of talent as we thought we were initially also a guy who's very familiar with the philadelphia eagles and what they do yes new coach a new scheme things of that nature but you did to practice against these guys you know player strengths you know player tendencies and so you might be able to give some insight there and be a little bit more prepared than maybe a typical you know a typical guy going out there as Al alshair going out there Right and his first start having to fill that Dre Greenlaw-like role.
0: Yeah, I I think that Nathan Jerry would make a lot of sense. I don't know if he's going to fit into the game plan of what they ultimately plan to do against Philadelphia, because I think that the 49ers are going to have a very eclectic view of how they're going to handle this, because I think they're going to want to use several players. Because of the speed of the Philadelphia Eagles um, wide receivers and the ability of the running backs out in space in this this, uh, outside zone scheme, they're going to want to be able to use speed and some of that will be maybe letting a, an extra linebacker stay off the field and playing an extra safety. I think this is something that I see trending in that direction. I don't know if it'll happen. I'm not going to go out here and say I know what D'Amico Ryans is going to do or anything, um, but I am saying that that is something that I think I could see happening because of the way that they're w- going to want to attack on the outside, the way they're going to want to attack with these screens, that it would be it would make sense to get somebody like Talanoa Fanga or Jimmy Ward or Jaquisky Tart consistently in the box next to Greenlaw and Warner where they could be successful and help – um, navigate you know, through the wash and take care of some of these plays because we do need to take care of it. And we need somebody watching Jalen Hurts, whether that is Fred Warner or one of these safeties at times. I think a spy occasionally would be a, a nice way to handle him. That way, when you do have quick stunts and things up like front, twists, you can get to the quarterback. And if he does get outside, you have a player that can run with him because Jalen Hurts is athletic, but he's not like a burner. He's not Lamar Jackson where he's going to run away from you. So you do have guys that can stay with him.
1: Correct. <clears throat> you do. You have guys who can stay with them. You have guys that are, are capable of making things tough. Uh, and that's what the Niners need to do. They may, they need to try and find a way to contain Jalen Hurts. You need to try and find a way to keep him in the pocket or at least send blitzes from unique areas and different places in the field to keep him off balance and keep him guessing because he is in that sophomore season. This sophomore slump is a real thing. Uh, didn't show up in week one, um, but he didn't really have a team that could test him. Atlanta is still trying to figure out what their identity is post Julio Jones and uh, no Devonte Freeman back there in the backfield they're not quite sure yet um, they had success in the running game they weren't able to continue that success and then the passing game struggled like it has been whenever Julio's not on the field so uh, the the test for the Eagles is going to be in dealing with the front four of the 49ers dealing with the creative aggressive ways that D'Amico Ryans can attack you uh, but then also countering the the 49ers offense. Uh, because you and I both feel and maybe me a little more than you, I don't want to speak for you. I feel that the 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 burden now for this team falls at the feet of the offense. This offense is going to have to carry this team forward a little bit until dr- at least Greenlaw gets back and gets healthy or they figure out what moves they're going to make with the secondary long term. If Mosley comes back in and is playing lights out and Demo's playing lights out, okay, problem solved. Right? Short term problem solved as long as Demo stays healthy, as long as Mosley stays healthy, you're fine. But we can't get that question answered. It's not getting answered this week. It's probably not going to get answered next week. It's going to take a little bit of time for that question to fully be answered and realized or for the Niners to know what direction to take. So now the offense is going to have to take the burden of being the thing that keeps us in games or gets us early leads so that the defense's job is a little easier.
0: Yeah, and, and I've brought this up before and I'm going to comment on it. You were talking about the DBs real quick. Is I do believe Norman and Kirkpatrick are going to play better than people think. Um, the way that the 49ers are playing a lot of cover three would attribute to them. You know, they would be very successful in that scheme, and I think they will be. And I think that they're going to, whoever is playing, will have a very admirable game. And I think they'll play well, and I think we can see them trend up. I have confidence in the fact that John Lynch and the front office think that these guys are ready to go. I don't think for any second one not one second that they didn't think that josh norman was capable of pushing emmanuel mosley it would have been a, a trade right yeah i, I think that they they think he could have pushed emmanuel mosley even if they had jason Brett. that's what i'm saying okay i think that they think that he's on that level I, I don't think it was ever just depth i think it was also somebody that could start opposite of jason Brett. as far as the offense goes you're right it's going to fall somewhat on their feet um but i think it always did in kyle shanahan's eyes kyle shanahan wants this offense to set the tone for the game he wants to be able to slow the game down a little bit, you know, get use the clock, keep the defense off the field, really just change the and um, really engaging tempo that is going to disrupt the defense. So he's going to want to do different things with his offense. The key is making sure that you execute and keep yourself out of third and long. You cannot be in third and long. So Kyle's got to make sure he mixes it up, don't have, you know, run on first down, run on second down that result in third and 6 and beyond. If that happens, The Philadelphia Eagles crowd is going to get loud. They're going to get in it. And this defensive line is going to be able to tee off on this offensive line, which we know once we get into traditional wide sets, that's where Mike McGlinchey is going to struggle. But if it's it's third and two, it's third and three, and the quick passing game can be a part of it, or you can also run the ball, it changes the way the game is played. And it changes the way the offensive line is able to be aggressive against that defensive line. But all those things are going to play into it. So early down success is something the 49ers have to have happen. And once they do, I have complete confidence that they were going to execute in the red zone because they got the secret weapon of Trey Lance in that red zone now. He changes football. He changes it to 11-on-11 11 11 when they're in that red zone, and it makes it harder and harder for these defenses to be able to stick with them.
1: And some people may hear that. You, they hear 11-on-11, 11, 11, they go, well, don't the Eagles have some great guys up front? That may mean problems, right? Well, well here's the problem. Here's the problem with that line of thinking. Um, Kyle Shanahan's run game is not a one-on-one run game. It's not singling guys up in space. It's creating avenues and running lanes. And once you get into the red zone, those windows, they don't have to be very big because you don't have as much yardage to get. So you just need those small creases. And Elijah Mitchell has shown the vision to be able to do it. Trey Sermon is a big enough guy that we know he can bully his way through and get there as well. And Jemichael Hasty, shifty, smart, incredibly improved a runner from last season when we saw him in 2020. He finds open space. He gets through those things quick. He's explosive, quick twitch. Everything that Elijah, uh, excuse me, Tasty Hasty has done has been impressive. So you have three running backs that you're very comfortable with when you get into those situations where you can create those one-on-one matchups because yes, you're going to go 11 on 11 football, but the blocking scheme isn't going to necessarily change in terms of you are on this guy, you are on this guy. No, it's going to continue doing what they're going to do. They're going to secure first level, get up to second, you know, send creative send creative guys, pull guys around in space, trap certain people around and and really force the the defense to account for 11 guys. That's what Trey Lance is going to do. Is force the defense to account for everyone, including Trey Lance, as a running threat, right? You can't just focus on your running back and Jimmy handing the ball off. Trey can pull. Trey can give. He can, you know, we can fly sweet motion somebody through, and, and like we saw in the preseason, right, where you bring Jalen Hurd in, you fake the little pitch pass, and then you ride the read option with Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon makes a nice little seal block, and then Trey Lance just casually strolls into the end zone. All of these things are going to be a problem for Philadelphia. And, and I think fully, like in my, in my heart, deep down, this offense can put up not just enough points but more than enough points to make up for the weaknesses on defense right now there's too many weapons there's too many guys who are motivated Debo wants to continue to show that he's an elite wide receiver in this league George Kittle is fine with whatever role you give him so right now it's it's very it's very funny I don't hear a lot of people talking about George Kittle in circles when they talk about the 49ers right now it's a lot about all Debo looked great oh there's questions with Ayuk in the running game looks like the running game George Kittle is just being kind of mums the word. Not a lot of people are talking and paying attention to George Kittle and the things that he can do, which is great for the 49ers. Everyone's always going to account for George Kittle, but the less you're thinking about George Kittle, the more you're thinking about Debo, IU, Elijah Mitchell, Kyle Juszczyk, no matter who it is, that means there are going to be opportunities and situations where you're going to be able to single up George Kittle, get him out in space, and let him make big plays like he made against the Saints in 2019.
0: That's the problem. Is he's a matchup problem, especially for a defense that has safety concerns because of injury. Yep. They're not going to be rolling out there with their starting safeties, and they have questions at the linebacker position as well. Um, I'm not exactly worried about George Kittle matching up with these linebackers and safeties. I think he's a huge mismatch. From looking at it from you know face value, you would think George Kittle is prepped and ready to have a huge game. The way that they're going to have to dedicate so much, um, you know, defensive players to the box to be able to stop this running game. The Forty are going to have opportunities to get the ball to George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. I don't think it's even a question that they can they can definitely execute this offense against the defense. It's all predicated on how much time can they give Jimmy Garoppolo, how much time can they give Trey Lance. And if they give them clean pockets and they're going to be able to take advantage of it, we'll see what they do with Trey Lance. We'll see if they you know elevate his game and change you know how many plays and how many snaps that he plays. If they do, um, I think there could be some read option ability there. You got Josh Sweat and those guys that like to come off the, you know, come off the end really fast. Well, now all of a sudden you come off too fast and you fly down the line and Trey pulls and goes around the outside. So there are things that they're gonna have to prepare for. It is a different animal than what Philly was going against with Atlanta because you had a very stationary target and Matt Ryan. Jimmy Garoppolo is more mobile than Matt Ryan. Jimmy Garoppolo has a quicker release than Matt Ryan this stage in his career. So it is a different animal that they're going against. And every time that you put Trey Lance in, you don't know what to expect. Last week, the 49ers showed a lot of run. Three run plays, one pass. This week, they could flip the script and show a lot more pass, depending on what the defense is giving them. So it's going to all be fluid. It's all going to change. It's all going to be up and down. I'm curious how they scheme it up. It's all going to be out neutralizing this defensive line. If they neutralize the defensive line for Philly, the 49ers are going to have opportunities not only to score, but to put up a lot of points.
1: Absolutely. Um, and I think there, there are some situations this week where you could see like a few more traps. Inside traps runs, especially if the, the D line, those D tackles, are really getting upfield and firing off quick. Kyle Shanahan might try and bait them upfield a little bit, have a guard pull around in space, smack one of them in the mouth a couple times, get some nice whole gas shots up the middle, and try and slow them down as well. I didn't see a lot of that last week against Detroit. Could be something they implement this week, especially if Trey Sermon's active.
0: It all depends on how the defensive line is going to be playing. Absolutely. You know, how many times you're going to double team Fletcher Cox, um, who is going to be doing that, how they're lining these guys up. Uh, that, that will all play into it. So I think there is there is areas where they can be successful up the middle, but it's all about getting the run game going. It's all about manufacturing yards on the ground, whether that is running the fly sweeps to Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, which we saw is usually a game against the Eagles, getting quick screens out. So if you're a fan of the horizontal offense, expect to see some of the horizontal offense this week where they can get the ball to their playmakers in space and let them create. Getting the ball out so Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance don't have to worry about that pass rush and early downs get some early yards, and that way it changes the way the game is played. Second and six sure does sound really good, no matter what it is. Um, so maybe Debo goes back to being a gadget player this week. Um, whatever it is, you have to make sure you're getting the ball out quick and taking advantage of those situations. I would also like to see the 49ers dial up a couple of screen passes this week. I think there are opportunities with the way that the Philly defense is going to try to fly upfield. Every once in a while, I'll invite them upfield, You know, get the ball, check it down to uh, Jermichael Hasty or one of these guys and let them create a screen pass. I think that is it extra added element the 49ers can add this week and take advantage of the very aggressive defensive line for Philly I
1: agree I agree that's going to be a big thing play action is going to have a massive impact in this game as well especially if the Niners can get the run game going and established Um, right we saw last year they they got the run going a little early one of the early plays that was a miss that could have changed the entire tide and momentum of that game was that Nick Mullins' miss on the Juszczyk on the wheel route down the sidelines, in which Juszczyk comes out. Right the, through the line of scrimmage. Right through the line of scrimmage. Everyone's thinking, run here, run, run, run. Everyone flies up, and Juszczyk slips out. Um, don't be surprised, too, if you see that. A lot of utilization for Juszczyk and opportunities to, to get him out in open space or down the field, down the sideline. If these linebackers, which is a question for Philadelphia, aren't being responsible right they're not playing responsibility their role they get a little too aggressive and assertive trying to ensure that the niners run game doesn't get going you could have himself a big day too
0: yeah and there's another advantage that the 49ers have and that's why they were using the sweep so much last week is these wide receivers are big and physical and when you can get these big physical wide receivers onto these corners they can go ahead and you know have nice blocks that you can create with um, getting Elijah Mitchell and Jamichael Hasty out on the edge is going to be one of the pivotal things you can do. Also, the fly sweeps, but it is very nice having Muhammad Sanu, Jawan Jennings, um, these guys that block very good, Debo Samuel that are very physical at the point of attack. Debo, man. Um, that is nice, and that is an extra advantage. You got Maddox, who's going to be playing in the slot. He's not very big, so there you have a physical, you know, liability there where he can he can be taken advantage of in the run game. So it's not always about the pass. Sometimes it's about the run as well when you're evaluating how this secondary is built. And I think there are some real questions about their, their safety group and their corner group as far as stopping the run.
1: Absolutely. And Darius Slay knows all about you know, the screen game and, and how impactful it will be. He, he remembers Mike McGlinchey barreling out there in space and just taking him out. It was glorious to watch last year. Um, you know He's healthy, though. He's, he's good. So good for that. You like to see a guy being healthy. Yeah. But you also like seeing Mike, big Mike McGlinchey out there making big fat blocks out there in space against athletes, showing that he is, too, an athlete.
0: Well, and that's what's important for Mike McGlinchey. If this run game gets going, that the offensive line is going to be way more successful, oh, yeah. 100 times more successful. <clears throat> the ability of Mike McGlinchey, Daniel Brunskill, and Lakin Tomlinson to be successful goes up astronomically if this run game is going. Um, Trent Williams does Trent Williams things. Um, Alex Mack does Alex Mack things. You don't worry about them. They're going to take care of business. But Alex Mack also, this is a, a thing that I think we missed from last year. Cox gave us so much problems. We had Heronis Grasu. Yeah. Um, this is not Horanis Cross. this is Alex Mack. This guy's going to be able to dial it up. He's going to be able to help on uh, Cox. He's going to be able to use that help block and then get up to second level. Still, there are things that he can do that other players haven't been able to do. Something that is slept on a little bit. If you're just looking at the film from last year and what that defensive line did, the four years offensive line plus Daniel Brunskill finally comfortable playing right guard. We're going to get some some nice chemistry. Um, These guys are going to be able to work together. So I'm enjoying this offensive line. I think these offensive line is going to start to get more and more recognition, but this is a huge test for them. If they can win and they can pass this test, I think we can all feel confident the 49ers can handle a lot of defensive lines in this league, if not all of them. That's how good Philly is up front.
1: It is. They are truly that talented. They are truly that, uh, you know, that good, that much of a problem. And something the Niners are definitely thinking and planning and preparing for, Um, you know, we've seen people all week, Cutback crew, people, new people coming into the channel talking about how how good this D-line group is. Don't sleep on this D-line. They could be a problem. They 100% can. Um, but we made the moves this offseason and brought in the pieces that we brought in, right? Solidified Daniel Brunskill as the right guard, brought in a guy behind him in Aaron Banks that we felt could right. hopefully sure that up in the future and eventually. Um, but you made these moves because you felt if you could went up front with this O-line, you could protect Jimmy and give him opportunities that once the running game is able to get going and Jimmy Garoppolo has time to throw, set his feet, feel comfortable in the pocket and diagnose and dissect the defense, that the offense can have success as well as take pressure off of Trey Lance when he gets in there and has opportunities as well. So far, it's been going according to plan. Jimmy was clean all week one. Jimmy needs to stay clean. All week two, and when Trey Lance gets in there as well and gets his opportunities to run, whether it's this week, right, or whether it's down the line, if they can do that as well, big, big problems for defenses. I know a lot of people are comfortable with their teams, right? Not not many fans are going to roll into a game, right, and pick an opposing team. They're not typically going to do that right. unless you're being, you know, completely realistic or you're Detroit going, going into, San, you know, playing San Francisco on week one. We get that. Uh, but Eagles fans feel very confident right now, very comfortable with their team. They're not going to, to back down off of where their beliefs are and where where they're at with their group. The Niners are gonna have to go in there and earn respect. Um, you know, no one no one thinks that this team is a lights out you know twenty nineteen form anymore. That's just not what people believe. They see what happened last week and they think the Niners have dropped off a bit. And there's concern growing and concern brewing. That's not the case here on this podcast. That's not the way we feel. Um, yes, there are different. This team is going to be different than twenty nineteen, especially right now with the injuries. But this team has still the potential to be significantly better than what we put on the field in 2019.
0: You know, when you're, when you're talking about a season in the NFL, it's ups and downs. It's like a roller coaster. There's going to be your highs. There's going to be your lows. And unfortunately, we had that huge high in that Detroit game where we were just really going up. And we, then we had that huge dip. And we all held our breath. And now it's kind of evened out, right? we've had a little bumps in the road along the way. But there's going to be more highs. And, and that's what we're hoping is that there's more highs than there are lows. And that's what you're looking for. And the 49ers have oh, put yeah. together a, and built a roster of depth that they have ensured themselves that they can be competitive in every single football game. And that's what you're asking. is not that you are the best team that you can beat everyone on paper, but that you can make sure that you can compete in every single football game. And if you can, you have the opportunity to win. You just have to execute a couple of plays. A couple of things go your way, you win the game. So I, I look for the 49ers to execute that. And another thing I'm looking for is how, what their personnel groupings look like. Is this, is this week a time when we see a lot of Ross Dwelly? Is there a lot of two tight end sets where the 49ers are going to put a big emphasis on running the football um, to kind of try to negate this pass rush? Or if they're going to go with three wide receivers and try to take advantage, uh, you know, of the players in space, these athletes. I think that is going to be something to kind of look at, especially early on in this game, because there was a lot of thoughts that maybe the 49ers were starting to get a little bit tired at the end of the Detroit game. 90 snaps for DeAndre Lenore is a lot so maybe they are going to try to pound the rock a little bit more i think it is part of the game plan just how much is it going to be emphasized by mike mcdaniel and kyle shanahan i think shanahan is going to be uber aggressive all season i don't think he likes the fact that they've had to methodically move the ball in other years and he's going to score at a high high level and a high rate and he's going to expect this defense to step up and get off the field um but i am going to be curious about those matchups
1: definitely it's it's going to be in concerning or not concerning but just interesting um, you know, that's my big thing is I, there's so many different ways to attack. You could try and sure up that interior and try and get that interior run game going and bring in multiple tight end sets, put use check in positions where he's flexed out and almost like an H back sort of role out there, but you can also spread this team out. You can really get, you know, three, four wide receivers or, you know, just flex Kittle out into space and really try and pull everyone away from the line of scrimmage and really isolate your line against their line and the linebacker that who's sitting there in space and try and force them into matchups on the outside and, and single everybody up there. There's a lot of different ways to attack. There's a lot of ways that they can go about doing this. You know, They're going to probably have a little bit of both mixed in early. Uh, agreed,
0: yeah. 100%. See what
1: the Eagles are doing, and then right find the area that you want to fully attack in the rest of the way and make them adjust.
0: Yeah, they're, they're going to have to adjust, and I think the 49ers are going to go out there and force their hand. Um, They're not playing reactive anymore, not on offense, not on defense. They're going to go out there, and they're going to dictate tempo, dictate pace, and dictate how the game is going to go. It's all about you know dictating everything on football. Um, and that's what I think the, they're going to do. I think they learned their lesson a little bit in Detroit where they took time where they stopped doing that. Offensively, they stopped doing that. And they, they took out their players on defense and they let Detroit hang in there. Well, guess what? They don't have to do that now. So it's going to be fun.
1: That is true. Monica getting hype there. We love to see it. Cutback crew, let us know what you think about the 49ers game plan going into this game against the Eagles, as well as the status updates for these players down below in the comment section right now. Are you worried? Are you excited? Do the 49ers have plenty of ways to attack the Philadelphia Eagles? Let us know about it. And while you're down there commenting away, don't forget to like, don't forget to subscribe. If you haven't already hit that notification bell as well. That way you're notified for all of our videos and. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. It's going to be a fun game. Let's get into this thing.
0: Yeah, I can't wait for this game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the 49ers executing at a high level and seeing more of what we saw early on in the Detroit game from the offense and then the defense rebounding and completely taking care of business against the Eagles.
1: Absolutely. Cutback crew. We'll see you for that reaction show, but stick around. We got another cutback chat coming up with the Bird's Nest podcast. You don't want to miss that. And until the next one, stay safe. Remember the right way is always Always the the 49ers 49ers way.